This morning, we continue with our series on radical love. And let me just show you some slides. Maybe you can identify with some of these products. I am not selling these products. All right? It's not my job. What's that? TV dinner. Right? What's that? What's that in particular? It's what? It's drive-thru. How many, how many of you still go to a physical bank building to transact your bank? To withdraw money, to transfer money, to pay, pay your credit card bills, pay your car payments, pay your mortgages. You still go to a bank and really issue physical checks? It takes a long time. Why? We want everything now. When did you want me to do this, honey? Yesterday. Right? We want everything now. Now, here in America, we have the luxury of high-speed internet. Yes? For gaming. I know you play games. For, you know, your apps. And I hope you have Bible app. Because some of you do not bring your physical Bible. You have your Bible in your cell phone. That's fine. No problem. But look at, look at some statistics. Internet connection. After five seconds, and the page does not load, how many will stop? 25%. Are you one of those 25%? Then you see that? Ha! Restart. If after five seconds, it still does not load, after 10 seconds, 50% will be gone. You give up. You give in. Never mind. Because we want everything now. I challenge you. Go back to the Philippines. <laughs> and you will be amazed. You will be amazed that high-speed internet is now available at 5 megabits per second. We are used to a minimum of maybe 40. If you're on this other cable provider, you're up to 100. Brother Joseph, how fast is our internet here at church? 100. Oh, kita mo na? But we are not content. We want faster. We want right now. We want food instant. We want transportation, Uber, instant. We don't want to wait anymore for the taxi. What's for dinner? Oh, ayan. Just put it in the microwave. Where am I going to eat? Where's the nearest drive-thru? Because I don't want to go down. I don't want to park. I don't want to go down. I don't want to stay in line. I don't want to have to deal with the cashier. We want everything now. Are you like me? We want everything now. Now, why is it important to slow down? Why is it important to take notice of our surroundings? Why is it important for us not to always one things now. Let me show you. This is from my, my car dash camera. I leave the house at 5.30 to get to work. My work time begins at 7. Now, this is the dash cam. No need for sound. It's very obvious. I hope you can see it. Is it visible? Okay. Can we turn off the lights? Just so you can see.
Now I'm going to the intersection of Duarte and San Gabriel. There. The light is? Do you see on, the, on your left, there is a cyclist. He is waiting to cross. Why did the car hit him? Huh? But the light had already turned, right? Let's go back. Red light. Oh, the light just turned yellow. So he's assuming it's all clear. Red means stop. Green means go. Yellow means go very fast. The light is about to change. Yes? So I stopped. I called 911. They interviewed me. I said, I think I have it on my dash camera. So that is what I sent to the police. He left early. The cyclist left early. Oncoming traffic did not also slow down. Because everybody wants everything now. Some of you may have seen the movie. Can we turn on the lights again? This is just from the movie Blue Horizon. It's a, it's a British... Can we turn it on? Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> Thank you. This is a picture from the movie Blue Horizon. It is a British petroleum oil platform. Now they dig thousands and thousands of feet underground to get the oil, bring it up. Now they use some sophisticated equipment. British petroleum decided to save a few million dollars on what is called the connector or the suppressor. I don't know the technical term. Suffice to say, for our purposes this morning, they tried to save some money in the millions. Now, if you are able to save some millions, wouldn't you do it? Of course. But in their effort to cut costs, that equipment gave way. And it was the biggest, or as of today, it is still the biggest oil spill. And British Petroleum, for trying to save some millions, which for us is very considerable, they spend 60 billion B for the cleanup. They had to pay the Gulf Coasts because the marine life was destroyed. Why? Because they tried to save some money. They were not patient enough to invest in the right equipment and instead did a cost-cutting measure that eventually cost them a lot more. Are you familiar with this American phrase, Pennywise, pound foolish. You are saving a little here, thinking that you are actually saving. But in the long run, it was really foolish. Why? Because we want everything now. We want our situation to change now. We want our spouse to change now. We want our children to change now. We want our parents to change now. So what do you think is the message this morning? Practice radical love. How? Be patient. Now. <laughs> Be patient. Why? God is at work. Your timetable is not the same as God's timetable. So, what's the message this morning? Be patient. Why? God is at work. I know some of you have been driving, and the car in front of you has that sticker. God, give me patience right now. Oh. 
You want patience, but you want it now. Is that really very patient? No. Now, I have this. I don't know if you will agree with me. I am very patient with other people. With other people. I can wait in the hospital, in, in the doctor's uh, office for hours. And I will not react, I will not complain. But when it comes to my own family members, my own loved ones, I have the shortest temper. That is a good question. Why? Because I have to practice radical love. By God's grace, I think I am improving. But I am not perfect. Just this week alone, that impatience of mine had come to the surface again. So I know I'm still in the works. But God is telling us this morning, as we practice radical love, to be patient. Why? Because God is at work. Be patient. God is at work. How do I know? How do we know that God is at work? Let's all read this. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Ready? For I, that, what is God's promise to all of us? Huh? Of this I am confident, Paul writes, that he, capital H, you see that? Who is that he? God. He will what? He will perfect it when? So when will your construction be finished? When either you go to God or, whenever, or when God comes back. That is when the construction is finished. In the meantime, we are all under construction. The problem is this. We take this truth and use it as an excuse. When will you learn this lesson? Under construction. Tao lang po. Instead of taking this to heart and realizing I am under construction, my spouse is under construction, my children are under construction, my church family is under construction. When it comes to me, I under construction. Look, I have a crutch. Philippians 1 verse 6 becomes your crutch. When we are held accountable for certain actions, especially in the context of discipleship, we use the I. Alam mo naman, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Eh. God said, I'm still under construction. The daughter of Billy Graham wanted her tombstone to read, Construction finished. Because we are always in the process of construction. Sometimes deconstruction before reconstruction. You, you see these uh, car shows? When the car comes in, what do they first do? Deconstruct. They open up everything. And then what? They put it back together. And what comes out? A more beautiful car. God is at work. Be patient. God is at work. Now, what does God do? And what does God use in order for us to be molded into the character of Christ. God uses His Word. That's why we encourage you, read your Bible, bring your Bible, study, meditate, obey. God also used His Holy Spirit. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He will remind you of all things and He will convict you. So God can use the Word, God can use the Holy Spirit. 
God can also use people. What kind of people usually? Huh? Difficult people. Why? If God will just send nice people to you, it's okay. No problem. No learning also. You try. God, will you teach me to be patient? Or what do you think God will do? Hmm. He might send you difficult people. He might also put you in difficult circumstances. I buy a leave. And then, because I have a doctor's appointment at 8 o'clock, I only find a leave for half day. Siguro naman. After 8 o'clock, siguro 9 o'clock, maybe I'm already out. <laughs> oh, sir, the doctor has an operation. It went uh, overtime. So the doctor might be able to see you at 11 o'clock. Huh? So, okay, but anyway, I have time to go, blah, blah, blah. And then, sir, the doctor got stuck in traffic. There is a fire. Difficult people, difficult circumstances. And sometimes, God will use this. Time. And a combination of God's Word, of the Holy Spirit, of difficult people and difficult circumstances over a time will bring transformation. It's like a plant. When you plant something, you go back tomorrow. Will you see the result? No. Because it takes time. The seed has to germinate. It has to take root. It needs light. It needs water. It needs fertilizer. It needs weeding. But the product will come over time. Of this thing, I am confident that he who began a good work in you will complete it in the day of Christ Jesus. So we should be patient. We should be patient with ourselves. We should be patient with other people because we are all under construction. Now we need to practice radical love. Why? Because radical love, it does not give up. It does not give up. If you want to love people radically, then that love should not give up. Radical love also does not give in. Sige na lang. Kulit mo eh. You gave in. How do you give up? Tagal, tagal. It's taking too long for you to change. Bahala ka sa buhay mo. You gave up. When you give in, kulit, kulit. Can I date this person? Can I date this person? Can I date this person? Morning, noon, and night. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Can I date this person? Can I date this person? Give in ka na. Give in na. Which is also a way of what? Giving up. Lastly, radical love, it patiently corrects. It patiently corrects. If you really love the person, you will be patient with the person because this person is under construction and you will patiently correct this person. Put this person, try to help this person get back on the right track. Let's pray as we commit this time to the Lord. God Almighty, thank you that you are our God, that you are patient with us. And this morning, Lord, I pray that we learn to be patient with one another because all of us are under construction. Be pleased to speak to all of us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Radical love, radix, the norm in the Old Testament is now abnormal. Because everything now wants right now, right now, right now. Radical love. In 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, it says, love is patient. It's a compound Greek word. Macro, thumia. Macro means long. 
So in some of your children's birthday parties, you practice this. Happy birthday! Diba? Patient. Long suffering. But closely related to patience is kindness. Because when you learn to be patient, the way that you will respond to this person, to this situation, is you will be kind. They are first cousins, if I may. Very closely related. Love is patient. Love is kind. Why? Because if you are impatient, you will not show kindness. You will be unkind. You will be rude. But if you practice patience, you will be kind. You will be compassionate. So where can we learn this in the life of Jonah? Remember, God told him, go to Nineveh. You see the arrow? Going up to Nineveh. But instead, he went to Joppa, paid the fare to get on a boat to go where? Tarsis. Look how far Tarsis is. So what happened? God allowed a storm to come. The people threw Noah into the water. God commanded the fish to swallow Noah. Uh, sorry, Jonah. Oh, you are awake. Praise God! God commanded the fish to swallow Jonah. After three days in the fish, God commanded the fish to vomit out Jonah and he was in dry land. Reluctantly, only, was, only while he was in the belly of the fish did Jonah pray. Now, why did God want Jonah to go to Nineveh? To preach the word so that the people of Nineveh will be saved because they will hear the gospel. Jonah was what? A prophet. He was a prophet. A prophet speaks on behalf of God. So God told him, go to Nineveh, preach to them so that they might repent and be saved. Yoko. I don't like the Ninevites to be saved. They're no good. Why are you sending me to them? Has God told you to do something? And you are not willing? Forgive this person. I do it. Ask for forgiveness for this person. Ay, lalong hindi. What will God do? God will allow certain circumstances to come into your life so that you will follow Him. Be patient. God is at work. God was patient with Jonah, not with Noah. <laughs> Nahuli ko na. So, eventually, Jonah did what God told him to do. So, he preached. He went to Nineveh and preached to them. When God saw their deeds, meaning the Ninevites, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which He had declared He would bring upon them, and He did not do it. So, God was going to judge Nineveh, but Jonah went and preached, and they repented. And when they repented, when God saw that they had turned from their wicked way, okay, I am not going to do. I am not going to bring the calamity upon them that I promised. Because now, they had turned away from their wicked ways, and they have turned to me. Will you not be happy? How many of you have tried to share the gospel? And then this person, yes. I want to place my trust in Jesus Christ. Yes! Diba? Okay, you share the gospel. Okay, and this person, 
you know, you want to come to faith in Christ? You want to surrender your life to Jesus? Yes, in song, yes. Labu munamat. Why do you want to trust God? It does not make sense. And Jonah was a prophet. He should have thrown a party. He should be jumping up and down that the people of Nineveh have repented and come to faith in Christ, in God. Yes or no? Oh, what happened? But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became. Ano klaseng prophet ito? You agree? What kind of a prophet is this guy? Reluctantly, he obeyed. Now that the people came to faith, they turned from their wicked way, now he's angry. Why is he angry? He prayed to the Lord and says, Please, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall, in order to prevent, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. So Jonah knew that God wanted to save the people of Nineveh. And despite that knowledge, he decided to go the opposite way. I knew you wanted to save them. That's why I fled. That's why I ran away from you. Why? For I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. You see, slow to anger, what is that? Patience. And then you see, loving kindness. You see, they're very closely related. Loving kindness and one who relents concerning calamity. Did God, I mean, did Jonah understand the character of God? I knew. Now, what, how did Jonah know this? Well, in Exodus 34, verse 6, this is what it says. The Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth. So Jonah knows the character of God. Despite that, he said, you want them to be saved? That's why I left. That's why his reaction to the people turning away from their wicked ways was what? He got, it displeased him. And he became angry. Why? Sabi ko na. Remember I told you a story? I hope one day he will come here and you can hear it direct from his mouth. He was the younger of two children. He was always embarrassed by his own father in front of people, especially during the party. He studied in the University of the Philippines. He joined the New People's Army to rebel from his father. Long story short, when he got saved, when he got born again, he refused to share the gospel with his father because he was so angry with his father. He said, if I share the gospel with my father and my father gets saved, I don't want to see him in heaven. So I am not going to share. This is true. Lord willing, he will come here, visit one day, and we will ask him to share that. He said, I do not want to share the gospel with my father. I hope nobody shares the gospel with my father because I don't want to see the, my father in heaven. See that? That's how hard he had become. But praise God, over what? Over time, he was able to share with his father before his father was taken by the Lord. Jonah did not want to go because I know God. You are a gracious and compassionate God. You are patient. You are going to save them. That's why I didn't want to go. Many of us know the golden rule, right? Oh, ano? Is that the golden rule? Do not do unto others what you do not want others to do unto you. Oh, sounds right, no? 
That's negative. That's not the golden rule. That is basically self-preservation. And self-preservation, I submit to you, is a form of pride. Because you do not want to be involved. You want to protect yourself. This negative. Radical love is proactive. It is positive. So the real golden rule is this. Treat others the same way you want others to treat you. Proactive. Positive. I want this person to be kind to me. So what do I do? I have to show kindness to this person. And Lord willing, this person will also respond in kindness. But what do we do? Huh? This person is not going to be kind to me anyway. So why should I show kindness to this person? Are you, like me, guilty as charged? If we say that we are Christians and we say that we are radical Christians, then we have to apply this. Because God already said, But I say to you who hear, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Is that radical or not? What are we used to? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. If somebody slaps you, ano sabi ng Bible? Give the other cheek. Yeah? <laughs> if somebody slaps you, ano? <laughs> Barilin mo na. <laughs> we want to react. We want to retaliate. Now, how can we call ourselves radical Christians if we are just the same? If we don't stand out in a crowd? It continues. If you love only those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who only do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. So if we only do what the rest of the world does, then we don't stand out in the crowd. We are not really radical. I would rather stick out than blend in. Because I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to be someone who is radical for the Lord. And in verse 35, it says, Love your enemies, do good, lend, expect nothing in return, and your, war, your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He Himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. When I practice radical love, I be patient, I be kind, even to the unkind and the impatient, I reflect Jesus Christ. I reflect that He is my Lord. Because if I do only what the rest of the people do, then what? I am no different. I am not radical. Now, why do you think God wants us to be patient and kind? Look at what Romans 2 verse 4 says. Do or do you think lightly of the riches of His kindness and tolerance and patience, knowing that the kindness of God leads you to what? Repentance. You see here they are again. Kindness and patience in the same breath. Why do I not want to commit sin? Why do I try my best to avoid sin? Because God is so gracious. God is so kind. God loves me so much. I don't want to hurt Him. The kindness and love and patience of God will lead you to repentance. So God wants us to be patient because He is at work. Even if you and I do not see it, He is at work. Radical love does not give up, does not give in, it patiently corrects. So here you are, you have this Jonah, Jonah the prophet, reluctant as he was, obeyed and people got saved. But now he's displeased, now he's angry. 
Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life, for death is better to me than life. Have you ever felt that way? God, will you, can you just bring me to heaven? I am so fed up with this situation. I am so fed up with this person. Can you just take me home? If that is your prayer, number one, let me ask you, are you sure that Jesus is your Lord? Baka ang kumuha sa iyo, iba. He was so displeased and so angry, he just wanted to give up and die. Let me remind you, if you have thoughts about taking your own life, please know that thought is demonic. If you have thoughts of hurting yourself, that thought is demonic. Pastor, I have not read that in my psychology books because it is not in the psychology books. It is in the Bible. John chapter 10, 10 says this. The thief, the devil, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. If you are having thoughts about killing yourself, destroying God's temple, hurting yourself, my friend, that is from the devil. No psychology book will be able to help you. Only the Lord God will be able to help you because He came that you might have life and all its fullness. We learn how to fight lies with the truth of God's Word. He wanted to die, this Jonah. Better to die than to live. Then the Lord said, Do you have good reason to be angry? Do you see the patience of God with Jonah? Lika. Do you have reason to get angry? Do you see the character of God? Loving kindness, patience. If this is you, like you want to die? Ito barel. Dumo sa labas gawin. Bagong linis ako dito. Right? But God, with God, is not the same. Do you have good reason to be angry? Then Jonah went out from the city and sat east of it. There he made a shelter for himself and sat under in the shade until he could see what would happen to, in the city. You see, Jonah was still hoping that God would bring calamity on the Ninevites. So he already preached. People already turned from their wicked way, and God relented to bring the calamity. So what did he do? He's displeased. He's angry. God tells him, you have reason to be angry? Ha! Dito na lang ako. So he set up a tent. You know, he set up a shelter over there in the east of the city. Sige. And he's watching. Ha? God, baratan mo na! Wala. Wala. It's not going to happen. Why did the people have already repented? But he is still adamant. You should bring calamity on these people. What does God do? So the Lord God appointed the plant. He commanded the plant. And it grew up over Jonah to be a shade over his head to deliver him from discom his discomfort. Oh. Oh, you have a shelter. Okay, plant. You grow up, you put a shade over my reluctant prophet, huh? Yes, sir. Then there is a shade. Right? Now, those of you who have gone to the Middle East, you know how hot it is, right? You do not perspire because the, the perspiration cannot even go up because it's already dried up. Now, if you have a shade, yes. So what happened? And Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. Right? Rightly so. Because now in the heat of the desert, I have a shade. He was not happy about the wicked people of Nineveh 
turning away from their wicked ways, but he was happy that God provided a plan. You do whatever it is you want to do. But this doesn't make sense. Oh, and by the way, this is the first time in the book of Jonah that we read that he was ever happy at all. <laughs> he was in distress. He cried out in the, in the belly of the fish, etc., etc. This is the first and only time that he, the Bible tells us, was happy. Now, imagine this. If the book of Jonah ended in chapter 3, no problem. Because the people turned from their wicked way. This one, Jonah chapter 4, is really about Jonah. This is no longer about the people of Nineveh. The people have already turned from their wicked way. Now this is God and Jonah having this conversation, trying and teaching us that we must be patient. Because God is at work. Now he's happy. The shade is there. Who appointed the plant? God. But God appointed a worm. Worm. Attack the plant. Eat the plant. Who appointed the plant? God. Who appointed the worm? God. Whose fault is it? Ah, you see? You're just like me. We're just like Jonah. The source of your happiness is now dead. What was the source of his happiness? The plant. God appointed the worm, it the plant, it died. More so. When the sun came up, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint, faint and begged with all his soul to die. Death is better to me than life. Why? Because the source of his happiness is gone. No more shade. No more shelter. Now the sun is beating down on me. I would rather die than live. Do you feel that way sometimes? It's better to die. God, why don't you just remove me from this situation? I cannot stand it. Could be your relationship with your spouse, your relationship at work, maybe relationship with your children, extended family members. God, can you just take my life? I can't stand it anymore. Good thing God does not always answer our prayer, huh? Then God said to Jonah, you see the patience of God with Jonah? How many times already did he say? Twice na, right? Then God said to Jonah, do you have good reason to be angry about the plant? And he said, I have good reason to be angry even unto death. Who provided the plant? God. Why are you now angry at the plant? You see, many times, we miss the grace of God. We are willing to accept the grace of God, but we are many times reluctant to share the grace of God with other people. My friend, by the standard we judge ourselves, so will we be judged. We want to receive grace. We do not want to dispense grace. We want forgiveness, but we do not want to forgive. We want God to be gracious to us, but God, don't be gracious to my enemy. What does that make us? The sun shines on both the good and the ungodly. When the rain comes, the rain comes both for the good and the ungodly. Who are we to tell God who to save, who not to save? Jonah, do you have any reason to be angry at the plant? Why? It was I who commanded the plant to rise up. It was I 
who commanded the worm to kill the plant. It was I who sent the scorching east wind. Do you have a right to be angry? It's better for me to die. And I said, it's good that God does not answer all of our prayers. Because you see, you ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your good pleasures. You ask to die? Maybe God is extending your life for a purpose. I know some of us have been driven to that point. You want to give up. You want to give in. But you're not willing to patiently be corrected or you're not willing to patiently correct other people. God is very patient. He's very patient with Noah, with Jonah. Umalik na naman tayo. Masyadong malapit itong kwan. Dapat to si J na lang, tsaka si N. God is very patient with Jonah. I give you a chance. You still want to die. Then the Lord said, You have compassion on the plant? Naawa ka sa plant? You had compassion on the plant for which you did not work. God was the one who put the plant up, right? And which you did not cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. But should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right and their left hand, as well as many animals? You are upset about the plant, but you are not upset about the 120,000 lives who could be lost if you, didn't, if you did not go and preach what I told you to speak to them about. He is more concerned with the plant than with the 120,000 lives. Not counting the lives of the animals. We are very quick to ask for forgiveness from God. But we are not very quick to forgive others. Or go to other people and ask for their forgiveness. Me first. Never mind them. God thought of us first when He sent Jesus Christ to go to the cross. We love because He first loved us. But we are willing to receive the grace of God but are very ungracious to other people. How can we say that we love God radically? I'm willing only to accept. I do not want to share. Matthew 7 says, What man is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he not give them a snake? Will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask Him? That, my friends, is the heart of God. If we, being evil, want to give good, give goods, give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in heaven give us what is good for us? But because God loves us so much, there are certain things that God will not allow us to have because God will only allow us that which is good for us. And He will prevent us from things that are not good for us. Dad, pogi. Pogi, dad. Does he have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Pogi dad. <laughs> Does he go to church? Ganda koche dad. Do you think he is a spiritual? He always treats me. Doesn't answer the question. 
if you, young people, think about this. If your parents always just said yes, who knows where you would be? Of course, there is the other side. Your parents could be starring in that movie, James Bond, Dr. No. <laughs> Everything is no. So you have one universe on the left, the other universe on the right. Everything is yes, everything is no. But you and I should be in the middle. I will say no to things that will not benefit you. But I will say yes to those that I believe will benefit you. God is the same thing. If it is good for us, He will allow it. If it is not good for us, He will not allow it. He will not give it to you. That's why that passage in James, you ask with wrong motives. That's why you do not get what you ask. Because you ask for wrong, with wrong motives. And then we try to twist the arm of God. You know, God, if I win the lotto, I will burn, build several CCM all over the world. Mm. Talaga. <laughs> you know, there is a proverb, give me only what I desire, what I need. For if I do not have, I might steal. And if I have more than what I have, I may forget you. Paul says, in all things, I have learned to be content. Jonah was not content that he preached the gospel. He preached to the Ninevites, and they turned from their wicked ways. He was so displeased and angry, he wanted to die. So let me ask you, if Jonah, being a prophet, reluctantly obeyed, can you and I be guilty of the same thing? Externally, he was obeying. Internally, he did not really love God. He did not really love God as much. See, a lot of us say, I love God. Okay, gawin mo to. Oh, God naman. Labo naman. You do not know what this person did. What do you mean I don't know? God knows everything. Just read Psalm 139. Mm. Before a word is on my mouth, you already knew. You know my coming and going, my rising and my sleeping. You know everything. And then when God tells you to do something, oh God, you don't know what this person did to me. What? I know. That's why I'm telling you to go. But if you really love God, obeying God will not be a problem. But if you don't really love God, like Jonah, outwardly, physically, he was obeying. But internally, grudgingly, he was really not. Just like maybe some of us. Why are you here? My mom, my dad had to drag me. If I don't go to CCF and I don't go to Sunday, I will miss my obligation. My friends coming to worship should be out of an overflow of a heart of gratitude. Worship is not taking away. Worship is giving to God. I come to worship so I can give. I don't come to worship so I can take. In the process of my giving, God is so gracious that I take away something. Ha! I learned from God this morning. I have to be patient. Why? Because God is at work. God is not finished with me. Therefore, God is not finished with this person. Therefore, if God is patient with me, I have to be patient with this person. Ang tagal, God, eh. Eh, ikaw. Up to now, God, the same thing. How about you? But if I love God, obedience is a no-brainer. Look at what Ignatius wrote. When we love the one, when we love the one whom we 
obey. It is not hard to obey when we love the one whom we obey. Love is patient. Love is kind. What good is it if I offer my body to be burned if I have not love? Useless. If I give all my possessions to the poor but have not love? Useless. But if I love, I will obey. And Jesus Christ challenges us. If you love me, you will obey my commands. God's love language is obedience. Some of your love language is task, is treasure, is time, is talk. God's love language begins with the letter O, obedience. If you love me, you will obey my commands. It is not hard to obey when we love the one whom we obey. And John the Beloved writes, if someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he's what? A liar. For the, the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. If you and I say that we love God, then we must prove it with our life. And how, according to 1 John, do I prove it? I must love my brother. Ha! No problem. All the brothers in CCF, I love. Ha! How about your enemies? Who created your enemies? God. So are they not your brothers? Are they not your sisters too? Yes or no? What good is it if I love only the unlovable? I mean the lovable. It's easy. But God asked me to love everyone, even the unlovable, even my enemies. And God asked me, even pray for them. Now you better make sure that your prayer is the right prayer. God, you love them so much. Please take them away. What good is it if we love only the lovable? We prove our radical love for God when we, by God's grace, can love and pray for our enemies. At one time, you and I were enemies of God. Before we came to faith in Jesus, we were all enemies of God because of our sin. God patiently, he did not give up on Jonah. God did not give in to the desire of Jonah. Sige nga, you really want to die? He didn't give in. And God patiently continued to correct Jonah. Do you have cause to be angry? Why are you angry at the plant? Why are you angry at the worm? Why, do, you have to be, do you have a right to be angry? God patiently corrected Jonah. Now, God does the same thing with us. Sometimes He will speak to us in that still, small voice. Sometimes, uh, hello. Sometimes, hoy! Remember, radical love, it pursues. It will not give up, it will not give in, it will patiently correct. Now God's love for us is stubborn. He will not let us go until we learn the lesson. Now look at this. A man who hardens his neck after much reproof will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. So my encouragement to all of us is learn the lesson quickly. Learn the lesson God is trying to teach us right away and hold on to that because God is so stubborn. If you do not learn the lesson, He will persist and He will persevere even if you have to be broken. It's your choice. 
many times when we are under discipline, when God is trying to reprove us, we rebel. Oh, God does not understand. God does not give me, etc., etc. May I encourage you? We cannot say that to God. Because as we close, Romans 8.32 says, He, read this with me, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him over for us all, how will He not also with Him freely give us all things? Can you outgive God? No. He proved how much He radically loves you and me when He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for sins he did not commit, to pay for the penalty that he does not owe, so that in his death, you and I have eternal life. Who am I to complain about this person not listening, this D-group member not following the Word of God? I should be the first one to follow. And I pray God, give me the grace and the patience to help this friend, to help this follower, this CCF member to grow. Because you do not know what God is doing in that person's life. That's why we must all be patient because God is at work. We may not see it, but we know that because of the cross of Jesus Christ, God is at work. Let's pray. God, first we need to come before you and really ask for forgiveness. Because Lord, we have really been impatient and gracious. And sometimes, Lord, even indifferent with the people around us. God, if you did not give up on us, if you did not give in to our worthless desires, if you are not stubborn in your love for us, then where would we be, God? but because of your great love demonstrated at the cross of Jesus Christ. We can experience grace. We can experience the forgiveness of our sins. We can experience salvation that we do not deserve. And we could experience a change in our lives, Lord God, that can only be brought about by your Holy Spirit. God, we confess before you this morning that we cannot do it on our own power, on our own strength. And that's why you gave us the Holy Spirit, Lord. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Thank you, Lord God. And God, I pray for those people who might be here this morning who have not yet surrendered their life to you. Thank you, Lord God, for being patient with all of us. And I know, Lord, that through the power of your word, the conviction of your Holy Spirit, Lord, you will bring about repentance because your kindness and your patience brings repentance to all of us. God, let your Holy Spirit move in this place and speak to all of us in the areas that we need to come face to face with, Lord God. If it is impatience, if it is being unkind, being intolerant, even, even being indifferent, or Lord, it might be that now is the time that a person or person surrenders his or her life to you so that this person can be one who radically loves you back. Lord, I pray, whoever that person may be, will you just speak to that person, Lord God? And if you are that person, all you need to do is just to surrender. Lord, 
I'm here. I give my life to you, Lord, because you gave your life for me. I don't know the words that you might want to say, but I know that God is looking at your heart. Open your heart to Jesus. Surrender your life to him, and you will never be disappointed. God, thank you for how you stubbornly loved Jonah, which reminds us how stubbornly you love all of us. Thank you that your love did not give up, did not give in, and that you are patient to correct. Help us, Lord, to trust your heart when our eyes cannot see beyond the circumstances and the people that are in our lives who may be discouraging to us, who may be testing our patience, our kindness. Give us the grace, Lord God, and the power of your Holy Spirit to radically love these people. Don't give up on them. Don't give in to them and to patiently correct them, Lord, until we see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Dismiss us with your blessing, Lord God, as we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.